Good morning, everybody. Welcome to It's a Religion, the podcast that seeks to encourage, edify, build up, give you something to start your day. And we also want to talk about the evils of evolution, the evils of other religions who try to circumvent the clear truth, clear objective truth of the God of the Bible and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided, but liberty and justice for some. I believe that is the more accurate truth of the American motto, the American way of life at this point. We have two nations, folks. We have one that wants freedom, wants uh, you to be able to free, be free to worship, to speak your mind, to be free not to have to listen to certain things if you don't choose to. But we have another nation that wants to force its opinion on you. It wants to force you to be what it wants you to be. It wants you to be under the ruling class, wants the ruling class to be the rulers over you, and really wants you to be religious in nature in the way that it wants you to be. In, in other words, it wants you to believe in the tenets that it provides, which is humanism, socialism, evolutionism, and many other isms that go against Christianity and the clear truth of the Bible. Now, we ask at It's a Religion what your starting point is. Do you believe we got here over millions and billions of years that somehow science has proven that fact, that somehow science has given you a reason to believe that we're, this planet's been here billions of years and manhood is millions of years old and somehow got here by random acts of chance, random mutations in the genetic code which in trying to prove that out has been proven to be a complete joke and yet people still offer the theory of religion of evolution which is what I tend to call it or what we tend to call it here at it's a religion because it is it's a religious endeavor it is a faith system it's a belief system and troubles me that more people don't look at it that way, that somehow people pit science against religion, that some people think that somehow evolution is science and Christianity is religion. When Again, you compare the fact that we have some eyewitness accounts that go back to the beginning of Adam and Eve that could have been passed down and written down, as most people believe, by Moses and organized and put into the first five books of the Bible. But a lot of people, because of the enticement of evolution, because of the enticement of the scientific so-called community, have relegated the first few chapters of the Bible to, um, to a anomaly, basically. Like, oh, that can't be true. And again, I just ask, as Answers in Genesis ministry asks all the time, if you don't start with the Bible, the clear word of God, what, why believe anything in there? You know, I remember talking to a guy once about the fact that Jesus could heal immediately and 
you know, you look at the, the historicity of the Bible and their answer was, oh, they just, they don't know what we knew then. And I, I still marvel at that statement because I think, well, Noah walked with God, it says in the Bible. And these people that were early on had a clearer relationship with God, more direct relationship with God than I believe that we do. We know his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, because we are post-Jesus walking around on this earth. And he is our focus. He is our Lord and Savior. But prior to him coming to the earth to save us, to do what he did, the Father God is the one who led Israel around in the desert in a pillar of fire. Unless that was somehow the Son doing that work before he manifested himself in a human capacity. We don't really know all the details behind a lot of these things. We don't know how God created water buffalo. He just said the animals are, let's let animals be created on the earth. He doesn't give us detail on how each genetic code was programmed. He doesn't give us detail scientifically on uh, the knowledge that he has to do these things. He doesn't give us detail when Jesus looks at a man and says, get up and walk, and he's healed, and his body uh, molecules restructure themselves to a point where they are okay, where they are as they should be instead of mangled or um, disproportionate or whatever caused his or, you know, the cripples inequity that caused him to be crippled in the first place. And so the more you get into the Bible, the more you read God's word, the more, I believe, easy it is to understand and believe that God did all this, that you are created in his image, that you have a purpose in this life, that Jesus died for your sins as well and is sitting at the right hand of the Father being an intermediary for you. And life doesn't have meaninglessness as those who believe in evolution have to believe that life is meaningless. There's no real meaning to life when you believe in the theory of evolution of us getting here that way. You can't because if you do, then you are not truly believing in the Theory of evolution, the survival of the fittest. You know, the only meaning of life is, are you strong enough to survive? And people will point to our technological advancements and things like that as, as our being advancing and evolving. And knowing more than the generation before you is not evolving. It's just knowing more than the generation before you. God put us on this earth at a certain starting point, again, made in his image, to have a lot of the same attributes that God himself has, I believe, emotionally and physically and and uh, what have you. Somehow, I mean, I know at, at one point we just read that God was grieved in his heart. Even though Jesus says God is a spirit, somehow he has a heart, he has a center if you will, of emotion. And so, again, 
how it all works, exactly why it works the way it does, God isn't completely clear. There's glimpses here and there in the Bible. But we know God's character. We know what he asks of us as believers. But more importantly, it gives us hope of something even better to come. And therein lies the most wonderful part of it, I think. We don't know how all that's going to work in the end. What heaven really does look like. We've had glimpses. We've had people talk about it and people who have died and come back to life and talking about different things. But we don't know. You know, I think about about it from a personal standpoint. I remember watching my grandpa pass into the afterlife. He had cancer and he was in the hospital and I saw him breathe his last breath. And I just remember the look on his face did not look peaceful. He did not look at rest. And I don't know what his, the state of his soul was. Uh, I don't know what the state of my dad's soul was. And I saw him breathe his last breath as well, dying in the hospital from cancer. And, but he, he definitely looked more peaceful, like he was at peace with where he was heading. And he didn't ever seem like much of a believer to me, but I, you know, I don't know what happens to people in the last moments of their lives. But you hear a lot of different stories about things that occur and what an uh, interesting thing it is. So, so we're supposed to start with the word of God on this show. And it seems like I have been, offering more commentary than starting with God's word and going from there. So let's get into the Bible. We have been going through Genesis, talking about the creation, talking about the flood that filled the earth. And we are right at the point where the boat has come to rest. The floodwaters have receded. And in Genesis chapter 9, it says this, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into the into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. And for your life blood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it. And from man, and from his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. You have value, people. You were made in the image of God. You weren't a random act of nature. And you be fruitful and multiply, increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you and every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, and as many as came out of the ark. For it is every, for every beast of the earth I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. 
And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I made between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature on all the flesh that is on the earth. God said this to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. And so, you know, nowadays we see the rainbow supposedly representing this idea that we all have to believe in this LGBTQ stuff that somehow people who are attracted to the same sex, people who basically want to engage in deviant behavior, behavior that's not of the Lord God Almighty, not of his design, not of the Bible, that somehow we should coddle that, that we should support it, that we should encourage it even. And they've taken this symbol and turned it on its head. That's why I believe that whole effort is satanic in nature. It's a spiritual effort to try and circumvent the will of God and take what is good, what is a promise from God, that he will not destroy the earth, and basically mock it. And in Galatians it says, God will not be mocked, and man will reap what he sows. And so we need to be mindful of that for this LGBTQ community and walk in love toward them and help them understand that it's not right to mock God, folks. And turn from your sinful ways and follow God. And He will change your heart. He will give you better desires, ones that that don't lead you into sin. So I'll leave it at that for today. We'll start on verse 18 tomorrow. Lord God Almighty, thank you for another day. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word with people and to encourage them to believe and trust in you, the one true God, and your ways, because they are always better than our ways. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Have a good day, everybody. things like me and her on a porch swing for summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings if i still got breath in these lungs then that's all i need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama for